0: This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions, so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hey, beautiful, and welcome to episode 22 of Confessions of a Former Mean Girl. I have been marinating on what to talk about this month, and I think part of the hesitation, because, you know, it's hard to always show up and be vulnerable when you're still sort of processing it, is because I had a couple of encounters in the last month that were a bit triggering, that were a bit illuminating of some work that I still needed to do. And there have been times, I mean, I talked about it in the episode about the healing spiral. There are times where I would find myself in these repeated patterns where I would get so angry and so frustrated with myself. And this time I was able to be like, okay, cool. But like, what the fuck is going on here? Because this is not you anymore. And so that's what I want to talk about. It's particularly, it's the idea of shrinking, of making yourself small, of watering yourself down, of fading away. And what is going on when these things happen? So I found myself with a couple of different scenarios. One is that I'm heading over to the UK next month. I am visiting the family that I don't see very often. I'm meeting a whole bunch of new people. I'm renewing my vows. And when I found out what the itinerary was for all the things that were beyond my initial planning, I wigged out a little bit. I felt really panicky. I felt really worried and really overwhelmed. And then likewise, I was recently in some workshops with some women who were not from my immediate community, who were not even overly woo, and I was very feeling really tentative about like where I could go and what tools I could use. I was explicitly asked to not use a ton of my tools as well. So trying to find this thing, especially with my work, because so much of my work and my personality, my identity kind of overlap, not so much in what I'm able to provide and what money I bring in, but in the way that I show up in the world. And this idea of full and total expression, this idea of turning it all up and being unapologetically you, this is a big part of not just my personal work, but the things that I help my clients with, and so when I found myself in these situations feeling really overwhelmed and feeling like well, I had to water myself down, it was really telling that something bigger was going on. Now, there's no coincidence, of course, Mercury was in retrograde, so that always kind of brings up some communication things, but I also know that there were some other women who were experiencing similar things at this time, and there is a time and a place for everything, right? Right as much as it would be nice to say, yes, let's live 100% of the time fully expressed, like let it all hang out, that would be really beautiful. But the reality is that that isn't always possible. And I'm not talking about because you're worried about what you know your in-laws are going to say, you're worried about what the neighbors are going to think. I'm sorry, I just saw like a flash in my mind of the state of my backyard right now where Clover has completely overtaken everything. And I probably look like a wild woman in there. And if I spent all my time worrying about what my neighbor's thought, I wouldn't really be able to get much done in my life. But So I'm not talking about those kinds of things, but I'm talking about the parts of us that don't feel safe. So I want to touch on that a little bit today. Part of why I'm bringing it up is because I want to normalize these conversations. I'm someone who has been doing this work for a long time, who like, I don't know, 15 years or something, I have been teaching this work. I have been helping other women debate these parts and within themselves. And these lessons are universal. There is some part of us that believes that our whole self is not welcome, is not invited. And in fact, it's not enough. And if you think about it, and this isn't even just like a woman thing, even though I work with women, this is a universal thing. Because there are so many industries that have been profiting on our feelings of inadequacy. They thrive on us feeling like shit about ourselves. It keeps them in power, control, and a whole lot of money. And we end up in these cycles of self-rejection, self-abandonment. And then we do this work of self-reclamation, and then we're living it for a while, and we find ourselves here again. And the things I want to talk about today, the things I want to suggest, the stories I want to tell, like they're not necessarily going to be the remedy for all of this. This is not, oh, just do these one, two, three things, and boom, your world is solved. Absolutely not. But these are things that we can consider so that we can support ourselves when we are doing this work. So yeah, even if you've been doing this for a long time, you might find yourself in positions where you feel like you have to hold yourself back. And the other thing you're going to notice is that there will be particular events that will trigger those old responses, particularly like that fear of full expression that need to blend in and fade away. For me, That is often really deeply tied to my sisterhood wound. I, for a long time, thought that I was a weirdo, thought that I was just too out there. And then with that, I also carried a lot of shame about my family and the state of my home and all the things that I was growing up with. So those two things were really kind of like messing with my head in terms of my enoughness. I mean, I was literally thrown out of the house for trying to communicate with the dead. So there is deep, deep, deep rooted trauma here of my fullness being too much for many people. And some of that was explicit, like being thrown out of the house, and some of it was just assumptions that I made. And I think sometimes we also have this thing where when we feel things about other people, when we're judging them for being too much or for drawing attention to themselves, or in the case of me, it was like, oh, she's such a Leo. When we have those like judgments of other people, it's often the things that we then will hold back and repress about ourselves because we don't want anyone to be thinking those things about us. So when we find ourselves in these circles, these patterns, these old ways of being or old environments, so for some people it'll be whenever they go back home. I do actually sometimes have stuff when I go back to my hometown, but typically it tends to be okay now at this stage of my healing. Sometimes it'll be different people that you're with, like they'll just kind of bring out different dimensions to you and different facets of your personality and in the case of me with it being tied to the sisterhood wound i've spent the last i don't know decade or so fostering relationships with other spiritual women who, women that i know women who i've done like these deep journeys and these giant self-explorations with so there is this degree of intimacy and familiarity that has made my old sisterhood wound like less prominent to the point where I kind of forgot that it was still there. And so when I found myself in a dynamic with women who I didn't really know, who weren't explicitly on the same path that I was, it was a little bit, even as a facilitator, there was a little bit of like, oh fuck, like how much of me is safe to bring into this space? So if you do find yourself in this place and you've, you know, landed in an environment that is tied to these old ways of being or these old, frankly, trauma responses of engaging with other people. For me, I would explicitly say that I'm fawning when I shrink. So you will over time find yourself in these events or in these dynamics or in these relationships, these things that are going to bring up these old ways of being and these trauma responses. I don't want to necessarily say like, this is how you deal with it in the moment because A lot of what you need in the moment is the work that has to happen first. And that's the conversation that I want to have right now. So the thing that I talk about a lot in my work is this concept of cultivating unshakable certainty in who you are, what your gifts are, your strengths, in how you show up in the world, what your contribution is, just where you just know yourself so intimately. And that comes from a few different places, right? Like there is a lot of self-inquiry that happens. There is also a lot of emotional and energetic work of going into the parts of yourself, particularly when you feel the most ashamed about decisions you made or actions you took or whatever, and you take back those abandoned parts of yourself. I know in the shamanic world, this is often explored as soul reclamation or soul parts reclamation. And that is not my area of expertise. But between the shamans I've worked with, the healers I've worked with, my own practice, I have actually found these moments in my childhood, in my teen years, in my 20s in particular, I have so much compassion for myself in my 20s because I really commodified myself and my body and like I've had to go into those places that I feel, that I had felt shame about and that I had really rejected and I had put up this wall of like, well that was old Serena, but there isn't old Serena, new Serena, there's just Serena and so I had to actually go back into those places and take those parts back and just love them love the girl who made those decisions and understand like how she ended up there. Because when you think about it, we're all doing our best, right? Like our best varies on day to day, but in general, we're all doing our best. And when you do that work and when you examine the points in your life where you've surrendered your power and you handed things over, you deferred your knowing to someone or something else. When we do this work in our meditation practice or with our spirit guides or whatnot, or even with other practitioners, you can do this with other people who can guide you through this process as well. You get to take the power back in those situations. So it's not just about reclaiming the part of you that was left behind, but also the energetic exchange that took place. And this is really important. When we have it at different power exchanges with people, there is like a bond, there is a cord, there is a tie between us and that event or us and that other person. And we need to do the work, not even necessarily of cutting cords, which I know I've talked about in past episodes. We can do that. We can also clear the cords, but just being able to work with that channel. We take back the things that are ours so we can feel whole, healed, and complete. And we can send back, not with any malice, but with actual love and intention. We can send back the energies that we have held onto that belong to other people that have influenced how we see ourselves, have influenced what we have given ourselves permission to do when we show up in the world. You know, some of it will be their judgments and whatever, but we're not sending it with any kind of malice. It's very much of like, hey, this was your energy. This was your intention. And it's come my way. And it's not mine to carry anymore. So here you go. And then by doing that, they get to feel whole, healed, complete. It is a really, really beautiful exchange. And you start to feel really in tune with yourself. In the case of me with the workshops that I was teaching, I started to kind of like get in my head about it a little bit and I started doubting myself and then I remembered Mary Magdalene. So six months ago, Mary Magdalene started showing up in my meditation practice. She has come into Reiki sessions. She has been a big part of my world for the last six months. And my big lesson from her, she's like the queen of unshakable certainty, she is someone who received these beautiful teachings from Jesus, sometimes with the other apostles, sometimes on her own. And there was sometimes also this hesitation, particularly with the gender dynamic of like, why are you special? Why are you the favorite? Why do you get to know these things? Because she continued those teachings as she did it even for years and years after his death, she continued on and no matter what projections she received i mean if you think about even the way that her whole story has been perverted into being her being this repentant prostitute like it had nothing to do with that she was jesus's counterpart when we look at that where she continued to show up she continued to teach she was unflappable even though she was getting all this resistance even from her own peers she was so committed so devoted and so sure that she could continue to show up and when i had that realization It was then this invitation for, okay, great, so how can I root into my knowing of who I am and what my gifts are, and find new ways to express them, not so that I'm feeling watered down or boxed in, but so that I can make this beautiful, profound work accessible to more people who don't necessarily live and think the way I do. It was a really interesting challenge, and it was a really powerful reframe for me as well. Now, I want to touch, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning about safety, and it is a privilege to say, just go out and live your life 100% fully expressed all the time. The reality is that most of us do not feel safe doing that. There are sometimes legitimate safety concerns. You know, if you think about people who are persecuted for who they love, who they sleep with, or what their gender identity is, or what their race is, Sometimes it's just not fucking safe. And this is not the conversation we're having. We're not talking about, you know, showing up and being fully expressed in ways that are going to put you into danger. I want to talk about the times where it feels like danger, where the nervous system is like completely activated, where that fight, flight, or fawn really kicks in. We need to be very, very kind with ourselves in those situations. Because remember, like, when we're having a nervous system response, when we are feeling anxious or panic, when our whole body tightens up, whenever our senses are heightened and we're a little bit paranoid and we're twitchy and we're looking around, when we're having all of this, that is a biological response that is rooted from a place of, oh shit, is there a tiger around the corner, right? And yes, we're not navigating the world being afraid that if we show up as our full selves, a tiger's going to get us now, but that primal fear is still within us. So we want to start to have different tools that can help us to regulate the nervous system. There are loads of videos that you can find on YouTube around vagus nerve massage. This has been something that has been really lovely for me where I'm able to just be with myself and have that tactile connection to my body where I can actively be working on regulation. So I can actually feel myself de-escalate when I'm in a really heightened place. I also like to do grounding in general. So the other day I went outside and just like stuck my feet in my garden and talked to the bees and the flowers and just like felt myself earth. But also even eating grounding foods. So meat can be quite grounding, root vegetables, dark chocolate. These things are really great for bringing us back into our bodies. And actually with that, I want to just talk about cacao. At the retreat that I hosted last month, We had a beautiful cacao ceremony. It was the first one I ever attended, and it was beautiful and heart-opening and definitely grounding. So if that's something you have access to, I highly encourage you to explore it because it was amazing. Being with the breath, deep, long grounding breaths where possible is particularly good. It's also wonderful for boosting your alpha brainwaves, which help you to relax and feel really good. And strangely, working with a weighted blanket is one of my favorite tools. There's something about how it holds me, how I feel not smothered but contained that makes me feel so safe when I'm in these heightened states. And even actually once you've done some of that work to help your body receive the cues that it's okay to slow down, it's okay to regulate, then it's actually telling yourself, I am safe. If you're using something like EFT, you you might start off with, even though I don't feel safe right now, I know that I am safe and I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And there is that distinction, right? Because when we're in a heightened state, we don't feel safe and just saying it is not going to make it so. That's why we want to bring those different tools in for the body so we can help it to start to feel a little bit calmer. And then from that place, we can make those declarations and just remind our conscious mind that everything is going to be okay. I have this beautiful prayer too that came in years ago that has been quite the anchor for me in times of massive anxiety, and it is, I am grounded, I am supported, I am rooted to the earth and connected to her love. I am grounded, I am supported, I am rooted to the earth and protected by her love. There's something about that that just always feels really good, really heart-opening, really grounding for me. The other thing that we really want to factor in is because these patterns, sometimes are coming from past life, sometimes it's coming from Inherited stuff that has come down our lineage, but I would say the majority of the time, we are talking about things that are rooted in our childhood or our teen years. Our younger self has been through some shit and we are doing this work of reconnecting with that part of us, of listening to that part of us, of engaging in play, of mothering her. Like there's so much work that we can do around the inner child and having. A relationship with her can be really great when you find yourself in these patterns that are repeating, that are tied to moments in the past, because oftentimes it's her trying to get your attention as well. And speaking of inner child, it is going to be the theme in the Sacred Soul Sisterhood for August. We're going to have a big deep dive around inner child. So if you are considering being a member, absolutely join we are going to be doing some beautiful work this summer with the inner child and if you are not there right now you're not sure that's the thing for you or you want to go at something like entirely at your own pace I have the inner child exploration series in my online store and I will make sure that there is a 50% off coupon for you that is good until the end of June and that will help you to dive in. When you find yourself in these places, the number one thing is not to go to judgment and sometimes you will end up there because it is really frustrating, especially when you have something you want to express, you have something you want to say so badly and your body's like, nope, we're not doing that. I would really invite you wherever you can to just find deep compassion for yourself. If you can remember that this response is a learned response, it is something that comes from a deeper part of you that isn't even like hanging out at the conscious level it is a part of you that has more healing to do it is a part of you that experienced hardship and it feels very real in the moment and that is what you have to deal with it doesn't matter if you should quote unquote be over it by now it's time to just exercise deep self-compassion because you are 100 percent worth that love And something else to remember too, when we catch ourselves in these places where we start to requestion question our belonging, when we start to water ourselves down, it's remembering that ultimately, even when it's hard, things tend to work out. That doesn't mean that it's going to work out in the way that we planned or intend. It doesn't mean that it might not get bumpy along the way. But ultimately, you and I here right now, we have survived everything that we have experienced so far. And so we know to some degree, no matter what, it's going to work out. And if that is the only thing that you can hold on to in those moments of heightened emotion, then let that be your beacon. Let that be the thing that guides you home. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for being here with me and for taking the time to ask yourself these questions and for doing this work because it really truly does make a difference. I will make sure the links for the Inner Child program and the Sacred Soul Sisterhood are in the show notes so that you've got everything you need so that we can connect further this summer and beyond. And of course, I would absolutely love to know what you thought about this month's episode. Do not hesitate to jump in my DMs and say hello. I am sending you so much love. We'll see you next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me, Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.